Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in Rob Black and your money. I am Rob Black. Thank you for listening to the show. Show dedicated to getting needed to retirement. Ask a lot of questions. I'll give you as many answers as I can. I pride myself on being sincere about that. I can't give you stock advice on, what do you think about abc.com? I I can't do that. I I can't get to know you well enough. But ask me any philosophy or theory or sector question. I'm I'm available for you. Robert RobertRobertLakeShoot.com. It's RobertRobertLakeShoot.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the egregious amount of money on Wall Street that has happened back to back to back to back to back to back. Six straight up days. Are we finally going to get to the point where we're just like, I'm tired. This market needs a break. Yes, is the right answer. Will it be today? Maybe. Stocks dip. Dip your chip in my dip chip. I had a friend named Chip, and I used to say, dip your chip in my dip chip, dip your chip in my dip chip, dip your chip in my dip chip, dip your stock. No, <clears throat> doesn't quite work, uh, but stocks dip. It doesn't look awful. It looks normal. It doesn't look unhealthy. It looks healthy. You don't want only up markets. We have quite a show for you today. GM is extended vehicle production cuts. Yesterday, I did a little bit of a piece on semiconductors and how Ford can't make enough F-150 trucks because they don't have enough semiconductors. Apple is being accused of hoarding semiconductor supplies. There's a little bit of a disruption that we are not expecting in mainstream media. Financial media has tasted it a bit, but not much. Just throwing that out there for you. Dollar stores may get hammered by $15 an hour minimum wage. There's not a lot of profit in a dollar store. We'll talk about this and much, much more today. But the global chip shortage is slamming the auto industry. And I think that tells you there's uh, demand that won't be met. And there will be sales left on the table. Again, there's always going to be winners. So like you, you look at a Pet Boys as a winner there. An O'Reilly's Automotive as people keeping their vehicles a little bit longer. The global chip shortage slamming the auto industry. That's a big word. That's a big phrase in a headline, in my opinion. This week we get Disney's earnings. I did some work on Twitter last night, and I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of like what I'm seeing there. Not from a stock perspective, but they're talking about having a subscription service. We'll talk about that later in the show. It will be accretive. It will ramp. It'll start from zero. 
and that's a positive thing. And maybe even it could start to take some of the froth out of the news, some of the fake news out of the news, some of the bogus news out of the news, some of the hate news out of the news. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but it certainly feels that way to me that maybe Twitter is moving in the right direction. And I think it looks like a win-win situation. But again, I want to save that for a little bit later. Yesterday, I didn't talk about this, but I should have. I talked about it in the first hour, but not the second, and I didn't really expand on it. A list of things that I like to see to tell me which direction the stock market's going to go in, or a list of things I like to see to tell me that the stock market's safe and healthy. Uh, how shall we say maybe a temperature check, maybe a mole check for cancer, like kind of thing. Oil hitting more than a one-year high is a positive. If you want world economies to do well and thus stock markets follow the economies in theory, not always, but that's the theory. So oil hitting its highest level in more than a year with demand expected to recover as COVID-19 vaccine expands. And yet we're seeing some demand issues on automobiles, on airplanes, on travel. So it's not quite perfect. Bitcoin, UBS says Bitcoin is a bubble and too volatile to diversify a portfolio, unlike gold. He thinks, no, no, he doesn't think. Let me correct. An analyst at UBS says Bitcoin could end up worthless. Well, talk about that as the show plays on, but that's a biggie to me. The parents of a 20-year-old who died by suicide after thinking he lost $730,000 on Robinhood are suing the stock trading app. This gave me fits yesterday to the point that I lost sleep last night. I know you're saying, are you serious? I'm being very serious. It's going to make me think over the next couple of days. So I still want to continue doing this because I never, ever want to hurt anyone. And I think I, I'm on the right side of this. But it troubles me that a young 20-year-old man started buying and selling stock options when people like me are saying, don't do it. Robinhood makes it too easy. And the way options work, it's a little bit on the tricky side that I don't think the average American can figure it out. And it's, it's almost as if we're taught 2D math and not three-dimensional math, which is totally fair. I don't know if this is the right analogy to use, but he thought he lost $730,000. And he didn't even have $730,000. He was using options that, that looked like his losses could roll out of control. And he was using margin, looked like his margin could roll. Uh, margin is a short-term loan on stocks you own. So if you own $100 of stock, you can, in theory, take somewhere between $20 and $50 out and get $20 to $50 more of stock. But it accrues at a high interest rate. And that's one way brokers and banks make money. I don't use margin. I used margin the first maybe six months of my investing career when I was 18. Never used it again. If you don't have the money, don't use the money. But the family of Alexander Kearns is suing Robin Hood. And I think they have a case. And where I'm really upset by this is it's the regulators that I want taken to task. Because if I could say a year ago, Robinhood is gamifying investing. If I could see that it's a problem for young people, then certainly a regulator should be able to see it, whose job is to protect us. In theory, that's our government's kind of big overall arching job. But then again, we also knew that there was going to be an attack on the Capitol on January 6th after weeks of Trump saying, hey, come to the Capitol. It's going to be wild on the inauguration day. 
or not inauguration day, but whatever it was, impeachment day or tabulating the results day. Um, we knew there was going to be a problem. And oddly enough, there was a problem. So I, I don't know if we do anything about this, but I can tell you this. Robin Hood should be screwed coming public. Um, if regulators don't trounce on this. And wait, wait, here's the best part about the 20-year-old who killed himself, died by suicide because he thought he lost $730,000. He killed himself on June 12th. This was nowhere near, nowhere near the GameStop mania. It, it's not that the kid got out of control because of Reddit or influenced by Reddit. I'm not going to blame Reddit. But there was a bit of a mob group think on Reddit. And I was like, surely this kid must have died during the, the GameStop insanity. No. Last June. So I beg you, listeners, treat this seriously. My, my number one overarching goal is to get you to retirement, but it's also not to get you killed or to get you to lose money. I never want to do any evil. That's Google's mantra when they started. They, 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 they got off that road, Google did. They wanted to do no evil, and then they started dealing with China, and they did some evil. And they started dealing with military companies, they did some evil. I don't want to ever hurt anyone. Be very careful with stock options and be very careful with margin. It's not for the average person. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It might be a bit too early for this. But Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Love day. And what the world needs now is not another love song. What the world needs now. And then you hear the record go, car crash is not another love song. Thank you. So Valentine's Day is one of those phony holidays that I hate. Why? Because I'm a financial person. Why am I unlucky in love? Because I'm a financial person. <laughs> love is about romance. Love is about seeing the, the, the good in people. Finance is about the cold hard truth. 32.9 million Americans plan to buy a Valentine's gift for more than one partner. And then I go, uh, I must be doing something wrong because I only have one person in mind. Okay, so 32.9 million people are going to buy a Valentine's Day gift for more than one person. Men are more likely to purchase a gift for more than one partner than women who are at 6%. Men are at 20%. So do do one in five men have like two women going on at the same time? Do they have an, do they have an office sweetie that they're like, man... One day when my wife dies, I better start lining things up by buying this one a gift. And your, the wife who's at home is like, I'm not dying. Generation Z is most likely to shop for more than one romantic partner. That's where it becomes interesting in the statistics. People are like 18 years old, 16 to 18, might be trying to spread their bets on two members of, I'm going to say the opposite sex, but two members of love interest. I'm totally fine if a man wants to love a man, if a woman wants to love a woman, if a woman wants to love a dog, if a man wants to love a dog. I'm totally fine with all relationships as long as you find something to relate about. That's my world because if you don't relate, then you kind of go crazy in this world. 
But 36% of consumers will shop for their Valentine's Day gifts on Amazon. That's interesting. That beats out the brick and mortar store of 36, uh, 36.3 versus 36.5. So Amazon barely squeaks it out. And instantly I go, who's going to brick and mortar stores? Okay, I can get maybe go to CVS and buy chocolates in a card. I get it. Okay, maybe that's what it is, right? Um, do it yourself gifts. 16.8% of people do a do it yourself gift for a loved one. I like that. One of my, my go-to games as a, a younger man was to buy, not to buy, but to make CDs or to make mixtapes. I did mixtapes when I was like 14, and that led to CDs, which has now led to no one has a CD player. <laughs> so you send them a, a list on, on Spotify or Apple Music? No. That's when you do the bottle of wine. You say, hey, I put together a playlist for tonight. Zooby, zooby, zoo. Millennials. Ah, it's the millennials. They're expected to spend the most on Valentine's Day this season. The season of love. $9.9 billion. Don't do it. Come back from the ledge. Put that money in your 401k, in your 403b, your IRA, your Roth, anything but flowers. Not a big fan of flowers, just FYI. I, I think they look beautiful in the ground. I think they look kind of silly when we chop them up. And they're expensive. Valentine's Day shopping is expected to hit 50 billion with 27.9 billion being spent on gifts and 21.9 billion on activities. I didn't think love was that active of a, a spending spree this year, but I suppose it is. So my only advice there is maybe do the do-it-yourself if you haven't fully funded your retirement. And I know you're saying he's not really saying this. And yes, men, you can use me as the excuse when your wife gets $100 put into her Acorns account or her IRA. You could say, Rob Black told me to do that. That's the ultimate expression of love. I want to be with you forever, and I want us to have money to last as long as our love does. You don't have to get her flowers. You don't have to go to a romantic dinner. Cancel the dinner, except for we need restaurants to stay open. So maybe continue the dinner. But you get my point, I think. Stocks are falling today. Not like look out below. Yeah, first time in seven days for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The NASDAQ bucked the downtrend today. It hits an intraday high because of Facebook and Netflix. Amazon, Microsoft, and Alphabet all traded in the green. So the big five, if we were called the four, the five horsemen of the apocalypse. I always love the movies where they're like, I give you the 12 commandments. And then the guy drops two of them. I give you the 10 commandments. I give you the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I give you the five horsemen of the apocalypse. I saw an interesting study yesterday. Speaking of the five horsemen of the apocalypse. It basically says if we don't get control and regulate Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Apple, that democracies could suffer in the future. And that's going to come back to Twitter in just a minute. Investors could be taking some chips off the table, following a big, strong rally. In a time where we're not really seeing what the heck the Biden administration is going to be able to pull off with Congress as far as stimulus, what is it, round four or five now? 
Will it be $1.9 trillion? Will the average family get $1,400, $2,600, $2,000, $1,800? Or will that be families over $200,000 of income or less than $200,000 or more than $150,000? The, the hashing out of the data and the details has got people really like cringing right now. Bank of America said a market correction could be on the horizon as the recent run-up has shown signs of overheating, but it will be a buying opportunity for equity investors. I think that's fascinating. First and foremost, saying a market correction could be on their horizon is like me saying, well, there could be a sunrise tomorrow, or I bet there's going to be, could be a sunset. There could be a sunset. It may not happen tomorrow. You'd be like, Rob, I think that one's a no-brainer. Corrections are going to happen. They happen typically two to three times a year. But when we go through a period of not having a big one in a while, we tend to be forgetful. But what's also further interesting in that Bank of America statement is saying it'll be a buy an opportunity for stock investors. Huh, when am I going to get my sell high, stay out of the market for two years, get right back in when it hits a, a dang it bottom perfectly? And not only would I have sold perfectly high, but I would have bought perfectly low. Bank of America saying, just chill, Rob. If it dips, it's coming right back. Huh. So they're calling for a 5 to 10% correction. As the big unknowns coincide with exuberant positioning. With Rob Black saying oils at a over one year high, which means economy should be working, which means energy should be consumed, which means good things. We're back to business. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Sorry if I'm offensive at times. I try not to be. Well, maybe I don't. I try to push it to the line. Don't let love lead to debt. Not even Valentine's Day love. The best of all. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I listened to a little Haim last night going to bed. I do like my Apple AirPods. Yes, I'm a little bit materialistic. And you're like, Rob, you just said people shouldn't spend money on Valentine's Day. Why do you have AirPods? Fair enough. Um, Reddit put together a five-second commercial for the Super Bowl in the last week before it happened. And it's now being considered one of the best investments of all time. A five-second commercial that basically made you rewind your DVR and go, was that just a commercial? And it was. And it was for Reddit, and Reddit is the company behind the drama behind Robinhood, which had a commercial, which they probably didn't need this year, but they had already pre-bought it before everyone started talking about Robinhood and their business model and how GameStop kind of became the poster child of what's wrong with Robinhood. You see kind of where this is going. But Reddit ran a five-second commercial, and their valuation doubled in funding. You're talking billions of dollars added. It's pretty nuts when you put it that way. It's the value that you get for the commercials doesn't seem to be worth it, except for when you're talking about billions of dollars being created because of this. 
the five second commercial from Reddit said, wow, if you're actually reading this, our bet paid off. What? And it, it's just a weird little concept. The company ran the spot on regional buy in New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. CNBC talked about it yesterday and said the ad came together in less than a week. And they're funding. Again, this is a company that will eventually come public. I, I didn't work for Reddit, but I, I worked. No, I posted on Reddit is probably Reddit a couple, probably five to seven years ago. And it's interesting to note that it didn't really work for me. People were asking me questions. It's kind of like, hey, ask me anything. And I just kind of felt that that barrier of the Internet is a little less romantic or a little less of a connection than the radio. What if I'm speaking to you while you're driving or I'm speaking to you at your desk or your cubicle right now? I didn't care for it. But it wasn't a tight ad. Reddit is now worth about $6 billion, up from about $3 billion. As far as a potential valuation, what they're going to give to Wall Street, what Wall Street will give them when they do come public. Twitter is considering a subscription service. And I think this is an interesting story because probably in the last few years, many of us probably spent a little bit of time trolling our Twitter feeds. Is that right? Way of saying it? Maybe in the middle of the night, maybe at the dinner table. Somewhere you were on Twitter going, I wonder what the president said. I wonder what George Conway had to say about what the president said. I wonder what Don Jr. had to say about what the president said. I wonder what, and you kind of like, I probably used it more for political tweets in the last two years than I did for stock tweets. I would say by a large margin, maybe like 60% to 30% and then 10% were like comedians or bands that I follow. Twitter is considering a subscription fee for TweetDeck. And I, I think this is a good thing. And it could only, in my opinion, lead to a higher stock price for Twitter. When you build a subscription product as a way to ease dependence on advertising, a plan the social network has considered for years, and one that has taken a heightened priority given the pandemic and pressure from activist investors to accelerate growth, the number one man with the number one tweeter. I got to be careful what I say here because how do you make the person who tweets the most the king of the tweets? And there's a dirty word, kind of a dirty word, but it's not one of the eight dirty words. I could say it, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to look rude. Ryan's was squat. The king of Twitter, the, the king of Twitter quit or he got kicked off. Trump. If he was like the, the circus magician that we all watch, like, hey, he's juggling everyone, come watch. He's no longer doing it. So is there any reason to continue to go back? And the answer is yes. The business has grown. It's not just Donald J. Trump. It's Facebook. It's Snap. It's the digital ad market is aggressive right now. And the big winner will be us, the United States. If we can get a subscription service there, it will not stop the invasion of the capital. It will not stop 
racism. It will not stop. Any of the bad things that have happened in the last couple of years as far as dividing Americans, but it will put a, you have to pay for the right to, to see that. And I like that because suddenly a lot of people are gonna be like, I'm not paying for cable TV or, and Twitter. I'm just paying for cable. Like, so Fox news or Newsmax does compete with Twitter on some levels, right? But Twitter's free and Fox news. You don't think of as expensive, but it is probably part of your cable package. You remember when TV was free? <laughs> not anymore. Twitter, the thinking goes, benefits from a separate revenue stream that's not reliant on brand advertising. The company's user base in the United States, its most valuable market, has started to plateau. So trying to juice growth is going to be very difficult. But I think this is a step in the right direction. And again, maybe a little bit too early to really be talking about it. But I truly believe the winner will be you and me, the people who consume news media. It, it's... Well, I saw it on Twitter. It said the president is going to vacation on Mars. And it could be the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard, but it was on Twitter. I am digressing. $15 minimum wage could cost Americans 1.4 million jobs. But it would also lift 900,000 people out of poverty. The phrase that pays for me is there are no right answers. There's only compromises. I hate saying that. I hate it. But I think there's a truth to it in everything I do. There's no right answers. If you expect me to say, give me a bullet shot, give me a bullet to kill the vampire, I'm like, yeah, don't have it. I got some good ideas for you, but I don't have the one bullet. Give me a potion to cure my cancer. I'm like, eh, don't have that either. I got some ideas. But the $15 minimum wage would hike a lot of people out of poverty, but it would also push a lot of people out of a job. That's one of the things that the Biden administration is going to have to wrestle with. And one of the reasons that sometimes it gets pushed down the road. Biden came off the election with a promise to eliminate student debt for a large chunk of American college goers, but also to create a $15 minimum wage. Where I'll be honest with you, I think in some markets that makes total sense. And I think in some markets it's, it's, it's travesty. If I was talking to a person in radio yesterday and I was giving him some advice, I'm like, it's really tough to be in radio in the Bay Area because the cost of living is so high. You may want to move to an area where, you know, that salary of $40,000 a year will actually create a house above your head and kind of some cool things. A backyard. Like, whoa. You could be a member of the community where, like, whoa, Steve has a job in media. But in the Bay Area, it's like, it's a low-income job. And I'm not knocking the industry. And it certainly has worked out on many, many, many levels for me. But for the Rush Limbaugh's of the world, there's hundreds of people who are barely making a living. I shouldn't even bring up Rush Limbaugh because he's almost dead. New Congressional Budget Office says the rise or the raise the wage bill would increase the cumulative deficit by $54 billion over 10 years. Now, like, whoa. 
yeah, you forget that the federal government has jobs that pay a minimum wage. So when they start, you're thinking, you think minimum wage, you're thinking McDonald's and Target and Walmart probably, right? But how about the federal government has some people making under $15 an hour? Supporters of the minimum wage increase have hoped the report could bolster the case for including the measure in the next COVID-19 relief package. Not going to happen, in my opinion. The report found that the wage hike would cost 1.4 million jobs by the year 2025. It would also lift 900,000 people out of poverty and increase wages for 17 million people. No right answer. Do you want the 900? Are you good with the 900,000 people losing their jobs? Not 900,000, excuse me. 1.4 million losing their jobs. I'm, I, I may be okay with that because it may push them to go get more education. So they're not going to, for the minimum wage job. And again, I'm trying to dance around this as kindly as I can as to not offend anyone. The CBO, Congressional Budget Office, says the wage hike would lead to higher prices for goods and services, which would contribute to an increase in federal spending and inflation. Spending on nutrition programs would fall. Spending for unemployment benefits, health care programs, and Social Security would rise due to increased costs. Spending for you on Social Security. Huh. You willing to make that deal to get the $15 minimum wage? You're going to spend more on health care. You're going to spend more on your health care unemployment benefits. And you're going to spend more on Social Security. Ooh. A lot going on with the way we're going to get taxed through this and not just the direct, everyone gets a $15 job minimum. A lot to process. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So if you haven't Got a chance to hear the play-by-play from the Super Bowl radio audio. I think the guy's name is something like Kevin Harlow or Kevin Harlan. Forgive me for not knowing that before I got into this story, but that's not what the story's about. But it was an incredible play-by-play. Um, he's got a voice that's just, it's, it's just perfect for sports broadcasting. And at one point in time, a streaker ran onto the field and started running up and down. Um, the field. Of course, TV doesn't show it because they don't want to glamorize it and kind of get other people doing it. What's interesting to note about it is the guy who did the streaking did it for a website that's all about pranks. Um, and he got to spend a night in jail. But ultimately, he was wearing kind of, I don't want to say a bra and panties, but something close to it. And it was kind of cute, the broadcasting angle of it. But I don't know how I feel about how we punish these people. Back in 2020, a woman's street. No one talked about it, but she got beat up by the cops afterwards, she claims. And again, I don't know. Don't put yourself in that position is my advice. Don't put yourself in the position where cops could beat you up. <laughs> it's probably the best advice a father can give his son, right? Nothing good happens at two in the morning. If you try to outrun from the cops, they're going to beat you up. Same thing happens on a football field. But during a pandemic, not a good idea to be running around without a mask. Tom Brady should have gone over and said, punch him and said, you know, I'm worth a billion dollars. You could be ruining my life with COVID. But anyway, I bring it up in large part. Um, 
it's weird publicity. The guy had a, a dot com on his clothes and he's famous for doing this in theory or getting other people to do it. And I don't like it. I don't like celebrities to be pranked in any way, shape or form. It's not my thing. Um, it's not funny. So and it could ultimately be bad news. Anyhow, I, I bring that up because uh, I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. And in my head, I wanted to do the voice of a radio commentator, the frozen tundra. And I was thinking about this weekend in the radio broadcast. Not that good of a story. But one of the big failures this weekend for the Super Bowl was one of the big futures for tax revenue for the state of California, state of Louisiana, state of Texas, state of Arizona, the state of New Mexico. You get the idea. Online gambling met probably its biggest day ever due to the pandemic when we were locked down we probably did a little bit more gambling a couple more states made it legal so when there was a game with cardboard cutouts in the stands you can't get excited about the beer and the sunshine and the crack of the bat and the grass and the the beauty of the spectacle so you go i bet this guy's gonna hit a dinger i'm gonna put a dollar on it and i'll win ten dollars or something silly like that right but FanDuel, DraftKings, Penn Racing's Barstool app, BetMGM all had technical glitches. BetMGM had a problem before the Super Bowl, and it wasn't resolved until after the Super Bowl. Not the exact best time to be running commercials in the game for BetMGM. And that's a little bit of a whoopsie-poopsie, right? And someone probably got fired. Sportsbooks were unable to accept bets during the game. Now, I bring this up not because I'm trying to glamorize sports betting. I'm bringing it up in large part because I think that's going to be part of... Wait, wait. Every family is getting a $1,400 check. I've gotten two COVID tests brought to me by the state of California that it didn't go through my insurance. And I don't know how that, that happened because aren't these tests like $100 or $15 or $40 or $30 or $200? We keep hearing the numbers. And one of my kids was at school and he said he wasn't feeling good. So they said, go home, go get a COVID test. You can't come back until you do. Um, so I had to go for a test and my county was doing them for free. So I took about five days to get the test results. It wasn't the fastest test, but it is what it... Oh, and by the way, that, uh, that testing center used to have cars lined up probably 100 deep, 150 deep. And when I went for the second time, cars were lined up one deep. <laughs> no one was there getting the free testing, which was kind of telling you what's going on right now. So I think a lot of states in the next two years and four years... They're going to try to raise property taxes. They're going to try to raise cigarette taxes. They're going to try to raise soda taxes. They're going to try to raise restaurant taxes. Maybe not restaurant taxes. They're going to try to raise uh, road taxes, gasoline taxes. Anything they can throw down a tax on, they're going to try to do. And they're going to say, you know, California has legalized marijuana. And there's dispensaries you can go buy it. And they're going to tell the Cal... And I don't even know what the tax rate is, but I think it's something like 20%. It's really, really high. And ultimately, the state's getting a nice cut for turning their head to something that used to be illegal. But we'll take a 20% cut kind of thing. 
I see gambling apps as a real thing. As I, I think that we're going to legalize it probably in all 50 states before I'm dead and buried. Um, maybe not all 50. Maybe some southern states, very, very conservative states will be like, no, we don't want to do that. Maybe they will. I don't know. But FanDuel, DraftKings, Penn's Barstool app, BetMGM, most of these have publicly traded angles. And when I tell you that we go from two states to six states to 10 states to 50 states, that's an investment trend. That's an opportunity in my mind to think about getting in. Consult a broker advisor for taking action. This is not a, a story that I dug up on my own. Everyone knows this. It's well known that sports gambling via the internet is, is a trend. Feel bad for the old bookies, right? Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing more.